0: The content of CPR Unplugged is designed for entertainment purposes only and is not intended as mental health treatment or medical or mental health advice. Details such as names and locations may have been changed to protect individual privacy. Hello and welcome to CPR Unplugged. I am your host, Jess, whoever you are, wherever you are joining us from today. Thank you so much for being here. Today I am joined again by Laura. She hey, has. Hey, good to see you. I'm glad that you're, uh, it's been a while. It's been a while since we've done a session together.
1: It has, I'm looking forward to it because I always love my time with you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we have some interesting conversations. (laughs) (laughs) So today we're talking about something and I feel like we kind of, we do tend to talk about personal experiences on here. So just a heads up that we are talking about an experience that you have had as a COVID long hauler. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. That's right, I am happy to tell you that my long haul has come to an end. That's a really good thing because for a while there I wasn't sure that I was ever going to feel like my old self again. I I'll, I'll try to try to hit the high points, uh, or I guess in this instance, the low points. Um, I was I got my COVID diagnosis in December of, 2020. So Christmas day uh, is when I got the call that what I thought was some kind of sinus infection turned out to be COVID. And um, I knew right then and there that my husband was very likely positive too. And we were pretty sure that we got it because he had been going every single day since the onset to a hospital where there were COVID patients right and left lining the halls. We were as careful and precautious as we could be, but it it came home with him. And my infection itself was actually what I think would be considered very mild, felt like a sinus infection, had some discomfort, you know, my face felt funny, my head felt funny, but that was pretty much it. I did lose my taste of, uh, my sense of smell and my taste. That was gone and Three weeks later, I tested negative, but I didn't taste or smell for six months mm-hmm. and it made eating really, blech. you know, when you're left kind of with just the consistency of food, if you take out the actual taste and a pleasant smell, it's, it's not good. And I lost a lot of weight and I developed insomnia during the illness that continued on. So for six months, I wasn't sleeping. And then the next thing I realized was that not only was I experiencing elevated heart rate, like these strange episodes when I would exercise, I felt almost panicky. Like, why is my heart up? My heart rate up so high, so fast. I felt dizzy. I felt queasy. Wasn't able to lift the same amount of weight, wasn't able to last as long as I would normally last if I was jogging or hiking. And it was making me very nervous plus no sleep. Um, plus I was losing weight. Plus I lost muscle muscle mass. And then one day I woke up and I realized that I was depressed
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and that I felt like I was going to push through.
0: Now, If you don't mind sharing, had you had an experience
1: with depression before this? Gosh, um, 25 years ago, several members of my immediate family, including my mother passed away. Actually several is seven, um, within a 19 month period. That was a lot. And I'm pretty sure that I went through a situational depression I went immediately to counseling when I did not feel myself. When I noticed that I was lacking energy, I didn't have motivation to do a whole lot of things. I didn't really wanna be social. I recognized that I was kind of retreating from friends and I went to counseling and I definitely had a great counseling experience and moved through that. So here we are 25 years later, and I was not experiencing depression. I'm, I really can say tr- truthfully, I'm not prone to depression. I wasn't having any signs or symptoms. Everything was ordinary for me until I was trying to recover from a mild COVID case.
0: What did you notice when you said that it it dawned on you? Oh, I'm experiencing some depression right now.
1: I, I was continuing to work. I was able to, I I showed up for everything that I was supposed to show up for in my life. And I was, I, I, I think I started to realize something was not right with my mood. When I was telling myself, you have to go for a walk. You have to get outside. I, it, it suddenly hit me that I'm staying home. I'm doing that again. I'm withdrawing from people. I'm too tired. And when people would say, how are you? What's up? My thoughts were, well, oh, I don't really want to tell you that anything other than I'm good. How are you? Because mm-hmm. I couldn't explain to you why I felt depressed. I couldn't, explain even to myself, what, why do I feel like this? I just felt gloomy and sort of disinterested and just not myself. And this was right around the six month mark, uh, after COVID I said to my husband, Mike, I am not sleeping and I am exhausted. I'm forcing myself to do things, I need to go. I need to go to counseling. Some, uh, it's time. And Mike said something interesting that I hadn't thought about. And he said, "You know, Laura, you absolutely go to counseling if that's if that's what you want to be doing and feel like that's the solution. Go," he said. 100% behind that. He said, "But please keep in mind something about this COVID." He said, depression, anxiety, I didn't have anxiety, but he said, neurologic, there's neurological components. They've been documented mm-hmm. he said, and you're not sleeping. He said, so don't beat yourself up. And I was getting a little panicky. Like Why, Why don't I feel good? When am I going to feel good? And the most interesting thing happened. I didn't sleep that night. But the next night I wiped out and I slept. and I woke up and I had my head felt better. I felt a little clearer and I made an appointment to see a counselor and I continued every day to feel better. And I didn't go to counseling because suddenly it all came to a grinding halt. But it took six Mm -hmm. months
0: Mm
1: -hmm. for me to physically and mentally be Laura. Yeah. COVID has been kind of a, uh, a very unusual, if not remarkable experience for me. Mm -hmm. Um, my husband who's never, ever sick, very healthy, never misses work, ended up on FMLA for seven weeks with what felt like lungs that were going to be ruined. And then, he bounced right back mm-hmm. after after what would be called a, a serious infection, right? So it was it was an interesting time over here, and that's when I really, uh, you know, experienced COVID and mental health. So the it's so interesting. And okay, so full disclosure, I've had COVID twice.
0: And I'm considered a long hauler. I'm part of a study that's being done with ASU. Mm -hmm. And the thing that got me the most was I had incredible brain fog, like just uh, memory impairment and uh, unable to find the right word, Um, unable to describe things like There was a morning where we were making breakfast and I was like, could not think of the word banana. And I had a banana in my hand and I was just like, this thing, I'm going to put this in the cereal. Like it was,
1: did you experience those types of things? I did not have brain fog. I I'm thinking back and I don't, maybe I have brain fog now (laughs) because I don't remember that, but I also don't have any recollection of anybody saying to me, Laura, you know, or that was the wrong word. Mm -hmm. Um, No, but uh, I did feel some confusion at times. I'd say the first probably four to six weeks in my recovery, I did feel confused, but I attributed that to this intense lack of sleep and this insomnia that was just, you know, clouding everything in and boy, did I, I get a, a big life lesson about, you know, we, we know, and we're told the importance of sleep. You have to get enough sleep. If Mm -hmm. you, if you lack sleep, it, it affects this and that. And I don't know, I, I guess you just don't know until you experience it, just how critical sleep is. Oh yeah. Tributed, attributed attributed that confusion to, to sort of exhaustion. Mm -hmm. But Jess, how did, I had no idea, obviously, about your experiences with COVID. How did you push through? What was that like for you, um, especially after having it one time and then having to go through something like that again?
0: Right. It was very weird because the two I had two different strains. So the first time I got sick, it was very much the very difficult to breathe that type of thing. Um, It lasted a few weeks, I didn't lose taste or smell, Um, it was much more of the, the uh, breathing side of things. I'm trying to, I'm sorry, I'm thinking back, that's why I was like, uh, taking a minute there. And that was interesting. You know, it's, it's all those little things we take for granted is kind of what I noticed as well. The first time I went on a hike afterwards, we were going up a pretty moderate grade, right? But something that I'm totally used to. It's a place I've been hiking many times before. I had to stop so many times on my way up that hill. When I got to the top, there was a park ranger and he's like, you did it. <laughs> I was like, that's sad that we have to. And you don't celebrate. know whether to laugh or cry. I did. I I started crying and he's like, Oh my God, are you okay? And I was like, this is the first hike I've been on since, since I got, I recovered from COVID enough to go outside, you know? And then the brain fog was, thank goodness people were so patient and understanding. And especially my family, there was one day we were going to home Depot for something. And I must've asked my husband it got to a point where I couldn't even drive because I didn't know where I was going. I would get lost while I was driving and forget where I was headed. Um, So I asked him like five times, where are we going? And he'd, Oh, we're going to home Depot. What are we getting at home Depot? Look in your phone. You made a list. Oh, I did. Like, I couldn't, could not remember at all. So I had sticky notes everywhere. Oh, he was so patient. And I, I would apologize constantly. I'm sorry. Did I already ask that? And he's like, yeah, (laughs) but it's Okay. You can ask as many times as you need to. So that was, I was really fortunate to have that experience. And even with my clients in session, you know, I I talk for a living, you know, and it's really difficult to have a therapy session with someone where every other word you're like, uh, uh, this thing, I'm trying to get to this place. And I actually had a couple of clients that they were like teaching me to describe it. They were like, you might not know the exact word, but like describe what you mean. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool. It was an, an opportunity to learn how to adopt and adjust. And the second time I got COVID was just this January and, um, just mild flu-like symptoms and complete loss of taste and smell. And I'm still regaining that I'm in, uh, I'm in therapy right now for smell. I didn't even know that was a thing. I, I had no idea. This is like olfactory. Yes. Therapy? So there yeah. It's so interesting. Um, uh, so there's different smell categories and I am supposed to smell as many unique smells as I can, but a certain amount of smells in each of those categories and every day and for like 10 seconds at a time. So like one category is, um, floral and another category is spice, like a cinnamon or something like that. Um, and then there's a category of, of like a new mommy, sort of, you know, like those sort of meaty smells. And so there's like this list of categories and every day the challenges come up with something in that list that you can smell and you intently smell it. And you remember while you're smelling it, what the smell is like, because ultimately your brain has that memory. memory. So I'll, yeah. So I'll go to smell like lavender oil and I'll think to myself, okay, lavender, what do I associate lavender with? What does lavender smell like? What are my memories of lavender? And so yeah, it's, it's
1: fascinating. I had
0: no idea that was even a thing until I needed it.
1: You know, it is fascinating and yet it, it's heartbreaking to hear on some level that, mm. that you are carving out time from your day, from your life to do something like this because of this horrific pandemic that just it's like the luck of the draw. I I feel like everybody is, or, or was bound to get infected because it was such an overwhelming, um, illness. It's, I mean, it's still out there, but it seems better, but the work that's had to go in to recovering from this is it's, And I, forgive me, I get really emotional because I just felt so derailed by- It was very profound, yeah. By a sinus infection, that's what it felt like, that left me not smelling, not tasting, completely wiped out, and, and just not myself. I'm grateful. I'll tell you what, I am really grateful that things- have gotten better, that there are treatments and they that get better, that there are vaccinations available. Um, I think going back to the mental health piece, uh, I remember at one point feeling extremely defeated. And Mm -hmm. I think that was a hard thing as well and in kind of a ding to my mental health because I had taken every single precaution I knew to take. We were so careful. Mike walked in the door, undressed in the laundry room, put his stuff immediately in the, the washing machine, took the back hall to the, to the bedroom to get in the shower. Um, we mm-hmm. felt like it was just everywhere. And um, I had an, ha- have an elderly father and I had him on my mind all the time and I wasn't able to see him or Mm -hmm. travel and have my own eyes on him. And I. everyone around us was getting sick and there was so much death around Mike and we lost loved ones, but he kept coming home from work and telling me me about the daily death count. It was this thing that got sent out Mm -hmm. to everyone's computer and it just was so awful. And then when I got it, I felt like, whoa, 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 I, I worked so hard not to. I had groceries delivered. I wiped them all down until we knew we didn't need to wipe them all down. I mean, I did. I, I listened to everything and I played by all of the, the quote COVID rules and it still got me and I felt defeated. And um, that was a rough one. I think that also contributed to probably that depression. To like mm-hmm. work so hard to not have something happen and it happened anyway, right? Yeah. So yeah, absolutely, COVID was a lot to take in. And um, gosh, Jess, I'm so glad to to know that you're feeling better and that I I mean I wouldn't have known unless you said anything. And I just I'm I'm like so glad you're you're sitting here talking to me. And your- Likewise, yeah, right, and you know, it's it's been a
0: unique experience. I think for there is nobody that hasn't been affected by COVID in some way, right? Whether that's kids who have missed prom or that's um, being isolated, that comes with its own challenges, hospitalizations, worry about other family members. It's been you know very prolific in that way, and I think uh, if nothing else. We've definitely learned to be more compassionate and patient as a society, right? Um, I was thinking about I was uh, working in a hospital setting a few years back, and it there was a day that I went and worked a full like sixteen hour shift, and I had the flu, and I just slammed Dayquil all day long and wore a mask, right? And I'm so glad to know that's not the norm anymore, right? Like we have actually changed expectations so as as much as it has affected everyone um i'm curious i'm curious to see the long term i want to see 5 years from now what do we hold on to from this pandemic
1: yep what do we take from it um mm-hmm. i'm very interested to sort of fast forward to that 5 year and that 10 year mark what did we learn and did we do better as a society mm-hmm. did we do better in health care and mental health care. Most of us, I guess all of us really are contemporaries. We have not experienced a pandemic of this nature. And there's so many learning opportunities clearly from this. Today, this morning, actually, I went to have my annual mammogram and masked up. It's required. Um, The technician was masked and, and At one point, you know, our faces were so close together as, you know, when, when you're getting positioned at the machine Mm -hmm. and she, I said to her, gosh, I bet it must've been weird to have to be this close to somebody else's face when COVID was really spiking. And she said, oh, she said, yeah, it was, it was really, really scary. Mm -hmm. And she said, and now I feel so much better about things And then she said, and I keep thinking to myself, why weren't we in masks the whole time? (laughs) Why why did it take this to put us in masks? And I guess the good news is, is if this is what it took to kind of wake us up a little bit and make us think more about how do we handle emergencies? What really is a public health crisis? How do we help each other? When the chips are down, how do we keep ourselves safe, somebody else safe? Acts of kindness, acts of compassion. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of takeaway. And at the end of the day, good things will come from this trouble we've had. It has to, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It
1: absolutely
0: has to. If you know of someone who's struggling with COVID long haul symptoms, be patient. Right, patience. Mm-hmm. Be kind. Mm-hmm. Be compassionate.
1: Have some some gratitude.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right, and if you are struggling with those symptoms, you know, know that there there are therapies out there. There are go and talk to a counselor. You know, find out what kind of neurological um, rehab there is. You know, seek that stuff out and advocate.
1: Right advocate. And one of the things that I did do that I didn't quit doing was I talked to a few really good friends. And while I said I was fine to lots of people, I shared that I wasn't so fine with just a few people and they stayed in my corner. And probably that little bit of talking that I periodically did was helpful in a therapeutic way for me because I was isolated, Right. But that connection made a difference. And so, you know, to anybody listening who has cut back on the connecting or is nervous about sharing, I just would encourage everyone to do so. Don't keep it in. Yeah. Anything and or just hope that it will somehow not pile up but will instead just release itself work through it talk talk to people you love talk to people you like talk to people that are safe for you and work work it out because Mm -hmm. not forever
0: yeah. That's a big takeaway for sure. Yeah. And have fun with it. You know, I had my family members texting me every day, their favorite food textures that they had that day, you know, and we would swap ideas like, Oh, I'm doing crunchy today. What's your favorite crunchy food? Let's, let's try it out. Like Yum. find a way to connect with people on that level, you know, it, it with so much like the, the death count, those types of things, you know, oh. with so much of that. Um, we've got to find a way to, to lighten the load a little bit and just have a little fun with it when we can. Right. Like it was one of those things where we were playing. My niece is nine years old. And uh, at one point she goes, she has those memory cards, right. Where mm-hmm. it's like you, you flip them over and you have to remember what was on the back of them. And at one point she goes, Aunt Jessica, you would be so bad at that game right now. <laughs> oh my gosh, Poor Aunt I was, Jessica. I was like, yeah, let's not play that game.
1: Let's yeah, play a out, of the, game. out of the mouths of babes, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, humor. And I, you, you and I have had lots of talks about serious things and the importance of humor. And this is another one of them. Um, yes. I, I'm telling you, I will spend the rest of my life firmly but believing that humor, laughter, silliness is medicine. It's, it's the only pill I want to take to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah, Wow. I'm glad we're both feeling better that uh, let's just cross our fingers that we get through this as, as a community as a globally that this becomes something like the flu, which I never think twice about. I would hang out with you. If you told me you were feeling fluish, I would probably come over and sit with you to keep you company while you were bored and had nothing to do because I'm not afraid of the flu. I'm not afraid to get the flu. I don't ever think about the flu. This Mm -hmm. was different. So I hope that, um, I hope we, I just hope we get there. And I feel like we are. Well, we have an innate capacity, right?
0: Human beings have an innate capacity for resilience. We're so resilient. We, we're adaptive, you know, and, and that, that community social way that people can come together. It's amazing. It, it absolutely, that has been something that I have really appreciated being witness to, right. And being involved in too, being a part of. Um, And that, that gives me hope for sure.
1: Yep. Well, just tell me, tell me this. Is your family? Well, did everybody fare? Okay. Yes. And we found some
0: new favorite foods along the way. So, you know, there you go, because (laughs) in the end, it's all
1: about food anyway. (laughs)
0: I you know it's so funny at the very beginning of this whole covid thing I told that to people I'm a huge foodie all of it I love to cook I love to go to different restaurants when I travel it's all about what where we're going to eat and I had told someone oh my gosh if I lose my sense of taste I I don't know how I'm going to handle that and honestly you find a way you just you find other things to enjoy mm-hmm.
1: it's okay yep. you know and that goes back to what you said we are adaptable we are resilient, we will figure out a different way to get something done. So,
0: yep, exactly. There's, there's a lot of ways to get from point A to point B and and to meet our
1: needs. I just really hope that anybody really going through that, what they call that long haul, um, just feels like there will be an end in sight. You know, sometimes you're just, you're, you're just buried under it you're stuck with it and you just don't know if it will ever lift. I haven't met anybody who hasn't had it lift. It's sometimes it's six months. I know two people who went almost a year, but it lifted. This is Mm -hmm. just, this is just a, a strange set of circumstances with an end in sight. So. So how are you today, Laura? Today? Um, well, clearly happy put on all that weight. I lost and a little bit more, so, uh, yeah. Found my way to the fridge, enjoy my, my, I enjoy smelling food again. I enjoy tasting food again. And I'm just, you know, I'm doing my thing and I feel like I'm back. I've felt so much better for the last probably four to five months. Yeah. So things that were starting to feel like chores don't anymore. I don't have the same level of endurance that I had, but I also don't have this overwhelming feeling that I won't ever get there again. I just mm. I'm just giving myself permission to to not worry about it. Yeah. Do what I can when I want to uh not I, I I don't have to have it all figured out right now. And that's probably one of my biggest COVID takeaways is I don't have to plan every single thing because it's okay not to. I
0: love it. I love it. Absolutely. I think that is it. That's a perfect message to end this on. Uh, Thanks everybody for joining us. Thank you, Laura, so much for your time. Always a pleasure.
1: Always a pleasure. Thank you so much. It was so good to see you, Jess.
0: You as well. All right, everybody take care. Got questions or ideas for the podcast, or perhaps you have your own story to share? We'd love to hear from you. Email us at podcast at crisisprepandrecovery dot com or call six zero two two eight one seven seven nine five. You can also find us online at cprpodcast.podbean.com or wherever you prefer to find your podcast. CPR Unplugged was produced by Crisis Preparation and Recovery, Inc. The intro and outro music was created by Rob Wilson. The CPR podcast team includes Tamara Lamontagne, Ben Edwards, Laura Kaufman, Rob Wilson, and Michael Magarinos. Special thanks to Jason Spisak for technical support.